Welcome to the only podcast that shares the astronomical and mathematical positions of the heavenly bodies. This is Sky Astrology. No, not astrology. This is Sky Astrology via astronomy. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? It is Sunday, the 12th of December. And yesterday, when I wasn't here, but I did give you the times for yesterday, we had the Mercury zero degree. Now, Mercury is moving quite fast, zooming up. And today, for a minute, we have Venus and Pluto not at the same degree. <laughs> but it won't last long. Um... They'll be back at it tomorrow, I believe. But I feel kind of like a little bit of a break (laughs) from intensity. I wonder if I'm alone on that. Please let me know. I hope you're doing well. Let's get down to business. I want to give you the positions for the 12th at 2121 GMT time, that is, which is 21 minutes after 1. PST, please be reminded that the moon moves one degree every two hours and the sun one degree a day. So at that time, we have Mars at 21 degrees Libra, soon to be leaving Libra and joining the south node, which will be and is today at zero degrees Scorpio, south node K2. The sun is at 13 degrees already at this time of a focus. Mercury is at 2 degrees Sagittarius. Whoa. At the galactic center, you guys. And the galactic center is not just at 2 degrees. Because it's so big, it is. I give it like a 2 degrees. So I start counting kind of like at one and a half up to four but yeah intensity because that is a like nursery of planets it's abundant energy 40 times the mass 40 million times the mass of our sun so you can imagine and what can we deep communication can we get from that i had it yeah i had interesting deep communication today Mm. Anyway, like I said, uh, Venus, so this is the interesting part. So up until now, we've had Venus moving towards Pluto and then joining Pluto at the degree of 28. But today, Venus is moving ahead. So it's surpassed Pluto. It moves much slower by ever so much because Pluto is still at 28 degrees. But Venus has moved to 29 degrees. And that is where the degree that she will station it at. Okay. And that station, in my humble opinion, is, you know, just as and sometimes depending on your consciousness and how you use it, very uh, impactful uh, time energy to use. Okay. Uh, Yes, Saturn now no longer 
no longer vibrating at 9 degrees, but at 10 degrees Capricorn. And Jupiter has shifted as well to a 9 because it is 27 degrees of Capricorn, no longer 26. Correction, Capricornius, because that's a part of the sky that um, is impacted by Aquarius energy. We call it Capricornius. I'm not the first to call it Capricornius, but I am the first to put it in the constellation chart. And if you want a constellation chart, if you want to give that as a present, we have very beautiful animated ones. Just reach out to me. Neptune is mm, tip tipping along, but still at 22 degrees of Aquarius. Chiron was impacted earlier today when I did the check. Um, when you were sleeping in California, that was at 4.12 in the morning. But UK time, it was 12.12. 12. Um, the moon and Chiron were both at 16 degrees of Pisces. Now, now the moon is at 20 degrees of Pisces. Uh, we have Uranus at 12 degrees of Aries. And <clears throat> it's retrograde. Aries and Cetus area as well. Then we have Ceres. Ceres? Ceres. C-E-R-E-S. <laughs> at 8 degrees. This is all coming together next to... Um, seven degrees of the south node and all aligned with Pallades star system so I want you to be aware of how <laughs> I wanted to say biblical <laughs> these times are but Pallades I do not associate with any kind of beings or things like that I don't take away that maybe people have had connection or seen them but I am just looking to the sky and ancient knowledge about this. And ancient knowledge, what the facts are, is that Pallades has a place in the consciousness of people from around the world, speaking different languages. And it seems the um, kind of common denominator is one of nurturing, is one of abundance, of giving a, uh, yeah, an abundance of the nature, the nature of things. This is in Taurus. This is in the Taurus constellation. It's all about nature. But what does nature need? It needs water. It needs to create something. It needs beauty. It needs wonder. It needs preparedness. It needs anticipation of the first daffodil coming up from the fertile ground. It's the fertility. It's the possibility of life and nature and beauty. And this, in my humble opinion, is definitely a theme and a wish that I would like to keep in my consciousness in these times of Noah, as we call them, in this time of the spiritual challenges. And when I look to the sky and the heavens, like many 
many ancestors and many more before they looked to one person to to convey what the heavens were saying, right? We as sky astrologers look directly to source and reconnect and focus on the divine in the heavens. And that's why I have to say again, sky astrology is not Western astrology, it's not sidereal astrology, it's not true sidereal astrology, it's not um, any other kind of astrology. It is sky astrology and ology actually doesn't mean study. It means the collection of. So we are collecting information from the sky and we are acknowledging what is happening there and what it has to enlighten us. We are looking at the lights in the sky. Those are the stars. And that's actually astrology is collecting the stars. What do the stars say? That's what the Magi says. Magi were astrologers. Okay. So. Having said that, I do have a free um, offering that will go through the constellations that is starting today. That is more geared towards children in honor of, as I said, Annie Jump Cannon mother who taught her the constellations from an addict with can under candlelight in the 1800s. And because of that, Annie, who was also deaf, was able to look at stars and to figure out a way to understand how hot they were and came up with a system of classification called stellar classification. You want to know more about that? You can find it in the stars on the image when if you are getting this email privately. Um and if you sign up for this offering called inviting our children to look up. I'll put the links in the description. Lots of love from me. Take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow is another day. Mind you, we are still going to be in the space. Well, we're we still going to view the moon amongst the stars of Pisces and Cetus. Okay, it's also very potent um, time. But what most... I, what I find good to recognize is that the moon is the only one giving us a position where the heavenly body is amongst the stars that are connected to water in our emotions, in our intuition. So I ask you to acknowledge and be grateful for the deep dive, for the information, for the flow, for the intuition, because with gratitude, you can never go wrong. With unconditional love, you can never go wrong. In gratitude. Until next time. Cheerio. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson. And I'm Holly Fry. Last November, we did an episode on Cecilia Payne-Gaposchkin, who a lot of people had asked for an episode on. 
She was the astronomer whose discovery that the stars are made primarily of hydrogen and helium really fundamentally shifted our understanding of the universe and what's in it. And one of the names that kept coming up when working on that episode was Annie Jump Cannon, whose time at the Harvard Observatory uh, overlapped with Cecilia Payne-Kaposchkin's. I really wanted to do an episode on her, but I also didn't want to have like two astronomers working at the exact same facility, partly at the same time, like right in a row. So Annie Jump Cannon has been described as doing for stars what Carl Linnaeus did for organisms. The massive star catalog that she compiled became an incredible resource in the field of astronomy. The numbers that are used in that are still used to identify a lot of stars today. So consequently, Annie Jump Cannon became known both as the most famous woman astronomer of her day and also as the census taker of the sky. Uh, I put her on the list for a future episode back when I worked on the one on Cecilia Payne-Kaposchkin, but I, I kept putting it off just a little more to have a little space between two topics that have a lot of overlap. So Annie Jump Cannon was born on December 11th, 1863 in Dover, Delaware. Her father, Wilson Lee Cannon, had apprenticed as a ship's carpenter before building up his own lumber and shipbuilding businesses and also buying a prosperous farm. He also served as a state senator, and according to his obituary in the Wilmington, Delaware Morning News, he changed parties from Democrat to Republican after refusing to vote in support of Delaware seceding from the Union in 1861. Before marrying Annie's mother, Wilson had four children with his first wife, Anne Scotton, who died in 1859. He married Mary Elizabeth Jump in 1862, and Annie was their first child together. Annie also had two younger brothers, Wilson Jr. and Barrett. Annie's mother was interested in the night sky, and she passed that interest on to her daughter. They made a simple observatory in the attic where Mary taught Annie to identify the constellations, reading an astronomical guidebook by candlelight. This apparently caused Annie's father some distress. Later in her life, she said, quote, Father was more interested in the safety of the house than in the movement of the stars. It was always with a sigh of relief he breathed when my evening vigil was over, and the house was unburned. The family also had a candelabra that was decorated with dangling glass prisms that made rainbows on the walls, which Annie just loved to look at. When she grew up, Annie kept this candelabra in her own home, and at one point she wrote, quote, stars and prisms. How prophetic was this baby amusement to the profession that was destined to fill my life? In 1880, Annie graduated from a Methodist preparatory school called Wilmington Conference Academy. That is now Wesley College and became part of Delaware State University on July 1st, 2021. After graduating, she went on to college at Wellesley College in Massachusetts. It was still fairly unusual at this point for a woman to go to college. The movement for higher education for women in the U.S. was really just evolving. Wellesley had itself been chartered in 1870, and it opened just five years before Annie and Yes, so as we are celebrating Annie Jump Cannon's Be Earth Day today, I found a bit of a podcast that had a lot of advertising with it. So I have taken some bits out, and I want to reference this podcast called Stuff You Missed in History Class. And of course, feel free to to hear the rest of 
this story about Annie Jump Cannon. The reason that I'm talking about Annie Jump Cannon today, of course, is because of her birthday, but also to highlight that she is born whilst the sun was shining in a focus. And also because most importantly, which aligns with something that I've wanted to share while Mercury is at zero degrees and that's been part of a journey from from uh, the beginning of starting to share sky astrology and now being a teacher yes a lot of you do not know uh, as of yet Ooh, for about a half a year now I have become officially a teacher teaching souls how to actually be sky astrologers and it has changed my life and I believe theirs as well it's all a bit top secret uh, and we will be moving as a group of stargazers and reconnectors and understanding the sky beyond the mathematics, beyond the rhetoric. In this journey that I currently have, it came to my attention that I felt more empowered by teaching instead of trying to convince uh, people about the validity of sky astrology. It's different to true sidereal astrology. It's different to 13 sign or 13 sign plus astrology. It's different to Vedic astrology. It, of course, is different to Western because it is about the mindset. It is about the language of sky astrology. Therefore, the best way to approach this, which came, of course, slowly kind of burning um, revelation, is to teach our children, to invite our children to look up, as they love to do, with clouds. And it's really their first vision looking up most of the time. But... When we are children, of course, we are more open to new ideas. And as we stand in this time of 2021, where we are waking up to a lot of the information we absorbed as children, not being correct, not being true, it is an honor for me to be able to present something that is in plain sight to the future, to children who are open and who are curious and who are not programmed, really, as I have been, as so many of us, to believe something that clearly is not cannot be verified by their own eyes. And if stargazing and aligning with 
the stars in a authentic and organic way did not have a profound impact on those who are followers of sky astrology, then I would not have anything to say. But I do. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for those who share and who are embracing this mindset and this language, which, of course, is a strong um, difference, makes the strong difference of anything else. It's partly also because of what the universe, what the heavens, what God, if you will, had in store for me to have this journey, to make the decision out of love, to take care of my mother, which found me under the night sky every single day for large periods of time. And looking at the stars, staring at the stars, where the answers are. I get so emotional because it's so beautiful to know, you know, the the extent that Annie's mother went to with teaching her daughter the stars. And Annie was born a hundred years before me. I'm born in 1963, born in 1863. There's also an astrophysics, kind of astro something, I'll put it there, a Chinese man, born the same date as Annie, December 11th in 1911. And my work with researching sky astrology, I have found there are correlations between birth dates. So yeah, <laughs> This is what I've been up to, and I'm happy to share with you, if you're curious, to align and to really understand, uh, be introduced to the uh, constellations. To the constellations in the sky. And of course it begins with stargazing. And a clear night is of course helpful. Of course the apps are helpful. But stargazing goes beyond the apps. It really goes beyond the ability to look up. And the ability to see. And it is a disadvantage that we deal with a lot of light pollution. And there's some. it's not possible for some people to actually have this connection with the sky. But just like people take holidays to go to the beach, there's always an opportunity to take a drive out of the city or go to hike in the mountains to have a connection with the sky, weather permitting. Of course, this has to be planned. So not to rumble on too much, just honoring the um, amazing finds that I've discovered are people born under the sun energy as it was in a focus. And one of these, well, yesterday was Ada Lovelace and also not well-known. I mean, really not well-known uh, people. Uh, I knew, I heard the name Linda Lovelace more than I heard the name Ada Lovelace. And I didn't know who Annie Jump Cannon was until I was researching for my podcast uh, which is, this is the 406 podcast, 
where I look and see and share where the heavenly bodies are every day, which I will do right away. Otherwise, keep watching and let's look up more. Let's invite our children to look up and to see clearly. Thank you for listening. So there's a little clip here uh, from an interview that Zan Lode made of Kanye West. I'm not like, you know, I just want to um, give a little piece of this information because I kind of feel like don't shoot the messenger about Kanye or anybody in the public because we don't know where they're coming from. If they've been MK Ultra or what of my friends said or whatever. But. I resonate with what he said about the times we're living in, and I wanted to share that. So it's extra. It's got the end of the podcast. Feel free to listen if you feel called. If not, let it go, let it go, let it go. Okay, coming up next. Look, we are living in the dark ages. We're living in an age where people die of hunger. We're living in an age where people are being killed in the street by their own race. We're living in an age where one in three African-Americans are being locked up. We're living in an age where there are children being held at the border, some with their real parents, some not with their real parents. We're living in an age where houses are not sustaining through hurricanes. And there's uh, companies that are worth trillions of dollars around the world with geniuses just working on how to make solely their product better. We're living in an age where someone could be fired for what they think if they say it out loud. That's the age. Wake up. This is 2019. This is where we are at right now. This is what Dave Chappelle's whole point was. Stop killing the art. The artists are supposed to express themselves to be able to have that eternal three-year-old at all costs. People say, oh, this is going to kill your brand. But my brand is expressing how I feel, whether it's in line with what you thought the brand was even two days ago. A smart man has the ability to pivot and say, I think something different now. I don't think this because this was the culture. I don't think North should wear crop tops just because I had her wearing a slip dress when she was two years old. I think and feel differently now, now that I am Christian, now that I'm the founder of a $3 billion organization and married for five years. I have five years of marriage under my belt. Hello, hello, hello. Now, it's not the 14th in on the Eastern Coast anymore or in England where I am. It's the 15th. But I cannot miss this opportunity to share with you a piece of writing by someone who had birthday on the 14th. The 14th is when the sun is actually shining amongst the stars of a focus, not yet Sagittarius. And although not all of us are aware of that, what we can be aware of is that this is also the birth date of Nostradamus and Taco Brahe. One of the most well-known but less celebrated among layman's scientists who discovered the planetary motion. And it was very eccentric. Now, 
The reason I'm coming back and adding this segment is because the person who has a birthday is someone that I know over in Instagram. And I think I said and I shared about this person uh, in the previous segment. But on his birth date in his post, he wrote something and I read it and I was like, God, that's beautiful. But I'm used to him when he writes. He just is a talented artist in everything he does from food to writing to design to uh, cooking (laughs) which is what he is mainly known for and then I read this out loud and I started to cry like a baby and I think it must be something with the alignments, the stars align. I have it with Jilly, you know, the water priestess who has the 14 degrees of focus in the calculation of her sky. And I have my moon at 14 degrees of focus. And it's something about the math that get me every time. 